0: To a very special episode of Voiced, definitely everybody. Bossman here again, checking in with another wonderful solo episode that you're going to be so excited to listen to and to hear. Uh, but I'm going to keep this one kind of short. I just wanted to check in because, uh, per usual, I've been having a rather interesting week, um, and that will start with uh, yesterday uh, on the 29th of July, I had to put down our dog, Rudy. Um, Rudy was our Jack Russell Terrier. (coughs) We'd had him for about eight years. Uh, He was a great dog. Very energetic, spunky, snippy, uh, crazy motherfucker. But uh, over the weekend on Sunday, we were discussing actually what we were going to be doing with him and stuff and had said that we were going to wait till around his birthday time and then kind of reassess the situation what was going on because it was early uh, September is his birthday. So we were going to give him a couple more months and see how he was doing because uh, the winter was going to be rough. He had a rough last winter too. So uh, we were just given a little bit of time and on Sunday he started getting this weird like uh, boner and it wouldn't go away. And it made it so that he couldn't stand anymore, pretty much. He, like, uh, was kind of, like, hunched over, like, not trying to hump or anything, just like he couldn't stand. And it was a total bummer. kind of came out of nowhere. So, you know, I'm sure Matt and Brian will make give me some shit about uh, about that happening kind of suddenly, because I don't ever prepare anything for them or for their dogs, for the dog. Oh, I don't know. It's been kind of a bummer. It's been a rough one, because... uh. He was a sweet dude. He he got older there, and he got kind of uh, you know his life quality of life started to decline, and we knew it was going to be time sooner rather than later. But never really expect I have to do it. And uh, we actually I will prop out uh, Morrison Animal Hospital in Garden City. We used to take him there for checkups back when uh, we first got him and stuff. We ended up moving to a different uh, vet, but I took him there because they were they had an appointment available that day. And when I took them there, they uh, were very sweet about the process. It was a very difficult couple of hours. I ended up uh, going to Meyer after uh, I had an appointment earlier that day. And so I went to Meyer after that and picked up a steak and cooked it for the dog. I actually took a video of him eating it and stuff. Um, and then after I did that, I uh, had to take him to the vet and shit. So that was not, like I said... Difficult couple hours, but they uh, were super comforting when I got in there. Um, I only sat there for a few minutes, and then they took me to the room. Uh, when they took me back, all of the nursing staff was great and wonderful, and they were super, uh, super. Like I said, just uh, sensitive to me, and obviously I wasn't. I was bawling my eyes out the whole time because it's not something that's easy to do. It's not an easy decision to make to like. <laughs> Be like, hey, your quality of life is so poor that I feel like it should end. But that's what it was at. Um, And the doctor agreed, she said. So she came and did an assessment. Uh, So they gave him, like, it was a two-shot process. They did an anesthetic and then the stuff that took him or whatever. So uh, when they took him and gave him the anesthetic, what they did is they also gave us a uh, paw print that's inside of, like, a uh, heart clay type thing. Um, With his name stamped in it And then they gave us a little vial of his hair That's uh, From where they shaved him to give the shot And stuff uh, They clip it and they put it in a vial for you So uh, we have that And we're going to put it in a shadow box With a picture of him And hang it up Because uh, we obviously want to remember him And play some sort of tribute to him and I'm really rambling at this point. I didn't really have a whole lot. I do have a few stories I wanted to tell of him and then talk about some other stuff. So that way I'm not just completely rambling and a bummer this whole episode. Um, <clears throat> but it's been. So I think everybody. All right, first and foremost, everybody's been giving me a lot of shit because they've been surprised that I was the one who took the dog and that I was able to go through it because I am, as most of you know, a super emotional guy. And that's. uh totally, I don't know, just how I have always been my entire life. Uh, but for some reason this, like, it was difficult, but it wasn't, it didn't feel like the most emotional thing I guess I've ever been through. Uh, it was definitely hard. Like I said, it wasn't something pleasant. It's not like I enjoyed it or anything, but, uh, fucking, I'm just pissed because like, literally three or four different people have commented that they were surprised that I did it. Um, But what it came down to is it's like it it was a quality of life thing and I could see that it wasn't there for him anymore. So it was, I knew it was in his best interest, not in, it's not about what I want or how I feel about things. So, fuck y'all for saying that shit. Uh, But secondly, I did go through, and when I did go there, I think going through that whole experience and being there for it, really helped me one process everything and two helped me like almost grieve instantly because as I was walking away from the vet's office, I don't think I cried after that. Um, it was really hard. Like I said, uh, almost having like set the appointment and having a time, like it, the appointment was at five forty, and I went out and I was at running errands at like three o'clock is when I bought the steak and stuff. So like literally having a time limit, knowing like, I have to take my dog here, and this is when he's no longer going to be with me. That gave me so much anxiety, and like I said, that made me super sad and crying, obviously, and I spent time with them and hung out and tried to take him outside and stuff, and it didn't go too well. <laughs> oh, I feel like such a fucking bummer right now, but I got to get it off my chest, guys. Um, so, yeah, I, Like I said, I think that's what it comes down to. So, like, for me, it helped me almost grieve instantly because I I didn't feel like I needed to cry after that because I was there with him, which is something that my wife requested, which when she first texted me, I was like, what kind of fucking psycho are you that you want me to sit in the room and watch the dog die? But she explained it as she just wanted somebody to be there for him, and that made sense to me. She didn't want him to be alone, so I did, and like I said, I think that also, for me, helped me understand and see... Because uh, the one thing that I did comment, and I've told everybody about it, is that it was super, super peaceful. Um, he was literally just laying there like he was sleeping, like he would any night, any day, and then he was gone, and that was it. And it was, uh, like I said, it's still, it's a bummer, and it sucks, and I'm sure I've said that 19,000 times by now, but uh, it is, because it's shitty. And I need to talk about this and want to get it out. Um so, a few of the stories that I thought up about Rudy that kind of uh, encompass his personality and show you, like, what kind of dog he was. Uh, my cousin and her husband came over uh, one night. We were going to have a family game night at my apartment, and they just bought this brand new edition of Clue. It was this, like, all-wood box thing from Target. It was, like, special edition and stuff. So, they come over, and we're setting everything up, and uh, they... My cousin asks her husband, she's like, oh, who do you want to be? We're in the kitchen getting some food or something. And uh, he goes, oh, I'll be Professor Plum. And so she gets him out of the box and sets them on the table. And when she does, turns away for two and a half seconds. And when she does, Rudy hops up and grabs it off of the table. Because the table was only like maybe uh, knee high at best. And Rudy was an agile guy at that time. So it was earlier in his life. Uh, so he like hopped up and he grabbed Professor Plum and ran. And literally we didn't have a chance to get it out of his mouth before he just chomped it up and swallowed it whole. So uh, forever lost Professor Plum due to a shitty little dog running away with it. Uh, and then there was the uh, Halloween party that we threw. Um, this one was a weird party. We had uh, quite a few people come to our house. We've always had... I'm sorry, I grew up with a decent-sized yard, like a backyard and front yard together combined, like a lot of land and stuff. So I'm always accustomed to, or I have a eye or desire to be in a house that has something similar. For example, my current backyard, uh, I'm sure there have been postings of it, or there may be postings you see elsewhere. I, I have almost like a lat, lot and a half backyard. It's fucking huge. And our first house that we rented, we had four people living there, and we threw a Halloween party, but it was on a double lot, our house at that place. So um, we had a ton of people coming over and stuff. And at this time, Rudy was getting to be a little bit older, but he wasn't, like, super, super old. Like, towards the end there, like, he didn't get super snippy, and he wasn't able to really do anything or anything like that. But at the same time, he was... uh, When he was younger, he was... So... uh, Whew, sorry, I'm tr- I'm losing my train of thought. What I'm trying to say is, we got Rudy as a rescue, and when we got him, he was already five or six years old. I think, maybe a little bit older than that, even. Um, yeah, no, he would have been. Because, so we had him for eight years, essentially, is what I'm trying to get at. And when we first got him, he was like a spry little guy. He was happy. He was running around. We lived in an apartment at the time, so I would take him for walks regularly and stuff like that. Um, we would play hockey in the apartment. I would take my hockey stick from one bedroom and shoot it across to the other bedroom until I accidentally smacked him in the face with a stick one time. Uh. (laughs) But anyways, what I was trying to say is that as he got a little bit older, he didn't like to be touched or bothered as much, and he got to be snippy and kind of shitty. So we had put him outside during this party, and we were having a fire. There were a bunch of people outside, and he wasn't particularly happy with the leaves falling out of the trees and the loud people being around and stuff. So he was just running around the backyard constantly, constantly barking for like 10, 15, 20 minutes straight, like just would not stop. So my wife ran out there to get him, and she went to, uh, he was like kind of in the bushes a little bit and she reached down to grab him and he like swung back and grabbed a hold of her finger and she pulled away, which is the same thing I did a few months prior. But when you do that, when the dog grabs a hold of you and you pull away, which is like instinctual, the dog's teeth grab you and it just tears your flesh. So on her ring finger, I believe it was, she, which was the same finger he got me on too. Uh, he sunk his teeth in. And it essentially went from the knuckle at where her hand meets the finger all the way to uh, almost the tip, like the line right below the tip. Uh, and it fucking was bleeding like crazy. and They were screaming and it was <laughs> a weird, weird night. Um, I'm pretty sure that was Halloween. That one might not have been Halloween. It might have just been a party we were having. But either way dog bit my wife and it wasn't good in a very similar fashion that he bit me before. He's a snippy little fucker. Um, and then to go out here as a shitty suggestion this week, I'm going to go a little bit different and do something a little bit out of the ordinary for myself. Uh, over the last few days, and the last, I would say, I don't know, week and a half or so was when I started this. Um, I was like, hey, I wonder what Kind of video games I have on my PlayStation and stuff, and just wanted to see, like, I wanted to play a video game because it's been a while since I've sat down and tried to enjoy one. And to be honest with you, it's kind of difficult for me to enjoy things like that because I'm a half ass workaholic, I would call it, where like I have difficulty sitting down and doing something I might enjoy, like playing a video game because I feel like, oh, I should be working or I should be doing something else. When in reality, I would instead just be sitting there on my phone instead not doing anything. So, (laughs) that's my definition of half-assed workaholic. Um, Which isn't always not doing anything. Sometimes I do promotion, and sometimes I do shit like that. But very rarely am I, like, being as productive as I could be or should be. So, that being said, um, I took some time to try to enjoy a game. Um, I've also obviously had a lot of anxiety and trouble sleeping, so I've been staying up all night by myself. And this being said, I started playing a game that was free for the month of July on PlayStation Network. Uh, I will put this episode up on today, the 30th, so that way you guys still have a day or two to grab it. Uh, It is called Detroit Becoming Human. It is the free game of the month, like I said. Uh, And this game is made by Quantic Dream, which is the company that made a game called Heavy Rain back on PlayStation 3. Uh, which was hands down one of my favorite games of all time, I think. I don't think. I'm going to say that. It's hands down one of my favorite games of all time because it is not like a typical or standard video game. It's more like a movie or interactive movie experience because the 3D that they use and that they do for those games is so photorealistic, it really brings your uh, brain to... Weird, like, it's literally, it's like watching a movie. I have no other way to explain it to you guys. Um, It's, maybe if we can, like I said, we've talked about doing Twitch or something with Matt, this would be an awesome game for him, I think. Because it's like, like I said, it's half like a video game. There's like a certain amount of interaction that you have to do with the controller. Like, you move the characters around a little bit. Then you have to press buttons to interact with the environment. But at the same time, like, you're not necessarily doing action things. You're not like shooting guns or like doing anything crazy like that it's more like uh the button will pop up on the screen while the actions are happening so like quick time events are what they're called i don't know how technical or not technical i should be with the audience here because i know the towelettes aren't all savvy with uh games and technology like uh mr matt there but So with that being said, they've uh, moved, i probably said that like a million times too, and I apologize if I do that stuff, you guys. I do listen to these back and stuff, but I have trouble editing this stuff out, because I like it to be as raw and real as possible, so with everything there, we have Detroit Becoming Human is their entry to the PS4, and it is the free game for July, and with uh, for PlayStation Plus, <clears throat> which means you do if you ha- have a PlayStation Plus account, you just download it. It's absolutely free. And this game is, so far, I'm like probably, probably 10 hours in, I would say. That's a good amount. I'll check and see, and I'll post an amount in the... Uh, no, I won't. Whatever. We'll just say 10 hours. So I'm through like the first probably 10 chapters or so. That would be a good, yeah. A chat hour chapter, sounds right. Um, But you start playing, and you start in a... This is about Detroit in the next... It takes place in 2038, so it's not too far away, but it's a little bit in the future to where androids have become part of society and helping uh, people and stuff like that. Like, you can buy androids to help but uh, where it starts the game at is that you are an investigator for the company that makes the robots and you are brought onto a crime scene where they're having issues with a they call them deviants because uh these robots are supposed to be programmed to only accept human orders and things like that but they actually uh, start to have issues with their software and they're trying to figure it out. And that's what this guy's is doing is that's what his job is, is he's like an investigator for the company, but he's also an Android. So this Android has to work with the cops. And that's like the first guy that you get introduced to. Then you get introduced to a second Android. And this Android is, a uh, just a regular guy. And he's helping, uh, you find out eventually that he's like the Android for a guy in a wheelchair and he helps an artist in a wheelchair. Um, so it's a a weird, you go through like a really weird experience in the first chapter with him because he's like going to the paint store to pick up some supplies for the artist. And when he goes there and goes through all that stuff, as he's going back, uh, some people try to jump him because he's an android and because they feel like the androids are taking their jobs and things like that. Um, and then the other person that you play is a female android who's being rebooted in a house supposed to be in North Cork Town um, where they're developing things. And your Todd is the guy, and he's got a daughter. And... The daughter is like probably 10, I would say, 10, maybe a little bit younger. I don't know if she actually told me her age. now. Now I'm distraught about that. But uh, yeah, so uh, you play through some experiences with them and then you find some things out and stuff happens. I don't want to ruin any of the story in case any of the towelettes want to check it out. Or if you want to be really cool, sometimes we talk about it. Uh, If you go to YouTube, you can actually watch people play through these games. Sometimes they'll do uh, commentary. Or uh, in this case, I bet you could probably find YouTubers that would just stream the game being played itself. Or if the company didn't do it themselves. Because uh, it's an amazing piece of art so far from what I've been playing. Uh, It's outstanding. I don't know how to describe it. Because it's like... It's so multi-layered, and there's so much to it that you don't fully, like, you kind of got to feel out and understand what's going on because <clears throat> every decision that you make, like, in a conversation actually can affect your relationship with that person. And that plays out throughout the entire story. And then that affects how the story ends. And there's multiple ways that the story can end. And at the end of each playthrough, it shows you like all the stuff that you unlocked or that you didn't unlock through the dialogue and the different ways that it could have gone. And then on top of all that, uh, if pending the difficulty level that you play at, uh, I chose experienced, I think. And what that means is that if uh, I have anything in the story where... One of my characters gets hurt or shot or killed, or if there's somebody who's part of the game that isn't a character that I play that dies, or is like a like a the android that works for the company that makes the androids uh, works with cops. So he gets partnered up with people, and he gets partnered up with people. So if my partner got killed, like things could happen that would be based on that and stuff, and it changes the story. Like it's fucking crazy, guys, and I cannot. Absolutely recommend Detroit Becoming Human on the PlayStation 4. I believe it's out on the Xbox as well or on PC. I'm not 100% on that. Don't quote me. Don't kill me if it's not. Or if you don't have the chance to play that and you want to play something else, I would absolutely suggest any game that Quantic Dream has made. I believe they also made for Xbox and PS2, they made a game called Indigo Prophecy. And that one I remember being really weird, but it's the same kind of deal. It's more like a, a interactive in sp- experience. Like you're kind of watching it going through while you're pressing buttons and doing things on the controller. <clears throat> well, like I said, if you have PS3, because that was P- Heavy Rain was PS3 exclusive, uh, P- I would absolutely suggest uh, Heavy Rain. And I never actually got to play, but they have a game called Beyond Two Souls where the main character is Ellen Page. Uh, and it was, get yeah, I'm pretty sure it got really good reviews from what I recall. It was multiplayer, I know it was at least two player, but, uh, like I said, I never got a chance to play it, but it was one of the free games not too long ago, so after I finish this up, I'll probably go play that. So, that's my update, guys. Uh, my dog died in a game review. Boys, definitely!